my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Welcome back, divas. It's time for another Masterclass right here on Studio Class. I am just over the moon about this. So Carrie-Anne Otano is here on the Masterclass episode today, and she has so many pearls of wisdom to share with you. I just cannot get over how great this, this chat was. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Carrie-Anne first, and then we are going to get to it because I don't want to waste um, another moment before you get to hear what she has to say. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Carrie-Anne Otano is the Vice President of Engagement at America's 11th oldest opera company, Opera Delaware. Originally from Long Island, New York, Carrie-Anne studied at the Verdi Conservatorio in Milan, Italy, before receiving her bachelor's degree from Indiana University and her master's from Manus, the New School for Music. Carrie-Anne sang opera professionally for 10 years, performing at Washington National Opera at the Kennedy Center, Lyric Opera of Chicago, Opera San Jose, and Wolf Trap Opera. She is also featured on the Naxos album Bernstein Songfest with Wolf Trap Opera. Carrie-Anne began her transition into administration in 2019 after a mental health crisis, which she talks about in this episode, so definitely stay tuned for that. And she prides herself on her advocacy for artists and audiences across the country. Let's welcome the eternal opera hype girl herself and this incredible artist, Carrie-Anne Otano. Let's get to it. Here we go. Hooray! Carrie-Anne, thank you so much for being a masterclass guest on the Studio Class podcast. I'm so excited. I feel like we... I asked you to be on the podcast so long ago and it's finally happening. So I've had a lot of time to like get ready and fangirl appropriately for this, for this moment. <laughs> so, so y'all, Carrie-Ann is here. She is about to like opera hype it up. This is the vibe. And I would love to start things off by just having you introduce yourself and say a few things about who you are and what you're about, and we'll just dive in from there. I love that. So I'm Carrie-Anne Otano. I am originally from Long Island, New York. Uh, I was an opera singer for 10 years. Opera came into my life when I was maybe 14. This woman heard me singing in a musical. I was belting, screlting my face off as <laughs> Reno Sweeney in Anything Goes. And this sweet little old lady heard me belting and then in the chorus singing soprano one right and so she comes up to me after and she says honey please can we teach you how to sing opera <laughs> and this was not something that I knew anything about I didn't know that opera was something that a girl like me it wasn't in my public school it yeah. wasn't in my life it wasn't in my family um and so I was 14 I found out that like oh dang opera singers are people who look like me yeah. opera singers are fascinating um, and I just fell in love with this whole world. And I ended up, uh, because of a lot of grace and love and, uh, and talent, we got to hype up our own talent, yeah. you know, hard work. Um, I got to live in Italy for a year. I studied at the Conservatory of Music in Milan. Uh, I got to tour in Ireland. Um, I got to sing at the Kennedy Center for many years and at the Metropolitan Opera. And that's the great part of my story. And then the <laughs> bummer part of my story is that when I was singing at the Metropolitan Opera, I had a mental health crisis that was debilitating. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel that singers don't have an opportunity um, because we live a nomadic lifestyle. We often don't have health insurance. You're only in a community for a short amount of time. You're certainly not going to reach out to that community, to your agent, to your manager, to your castmates, if you're having a mental health struggle. What I discovered um, as I got through that process was I created a survey, 500 singers filled it out. 90% wow. of them had experienced symptoms of anxiety or depression in relation to their career, and less than a quarter of them had ever sought any mental health um, care. Wow. It's something that we dismiss ourselves. We think of um, stage fright and the post-show blue, blues and the, the suffering artist, starving artist mentality. Mm -hmm. These are all terms that we use to get around mental illness and, mm -hmm. uh, and to 
give it less credit than it deserves. We need to take it seriously because we're losing artists by not taking it seriously. Uh, So that's why I transitioned into administration. And then I discovered that, damn, do I love this more. I love (laughs) singing, but I way more love getting people excited about opera. I love connecting to communities. I love, um, I, I think the thing that gets me the most excited and like gets me out of bed every day is that I know I'm going to talk to people about my friends <laughs> singers and these composers and these directors, these incredible artists that I know who come and work here at Opera Delaware. Um, and I get to just like introduce that talent to the world. It's such mm-hmm. an honor and it's like my purpose. I love Yes. <laughs> oh, I am so glad. And also, I'm so glad. One of the reasons that I, I absolutely want to have this conversation with you is because you are so compassionate and open with your own story and seeing that and recognizing that in others. And so thank you so much for, for being willing to talk about those things and having processed, done the inner work that you are available to have that kind of conversation, right? And so, so I really, really appreciate that. And I'd like to start by asking, I ask all of my guests as we get started, is what is an intention that you are currently keeping for yourself? Mm. This is a great time for you to ask me this question and because I'm going to give you a really truthful answer. (laughs) Um, I love my job so much. I loved being an opera singer so much. Yeah. Neither one of those things, and I say this to your entire listening audience, is your entire personality. Neither Mm -hmm. you're not your work, not your voice. That is not you. That is a part of you. It is an important part of you. It is a beautiful part of you. It's not you. Mm -hmm. You contain multitudes and you need to nurture all of that. Um, For me, I've realized in recent weeks that I dive into work. I throw myself into work, whether it was when I was performing and that led to a lot of mental illness struggles Mm -hmm. or whether it's now me in administration because I care so deeply about this and I want it to be successful Mm -hmm. that I can sacrifice a lot of the other things that are important in my life. So an intention I'm holding on to right now is prioritizing the relationships Mm -hmm. that matter most to me and most specifically the relationship with my husband. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Do you want to talk about also just for context do you want to talk about your husband for a second yes. oh, <laughs> oh give me an opportunity to talk yes ma'am yeah first of all who is it getting hot in here because that boy listen I'm you, but y'all know look up the website he denied himself first of all he's a pro yes. <laughs> so my husband is dane suarez he's a tenor we met at sarasota um we met at Sarasota Opera as apprentice artists in 2013. We've been together for 10 years now. Yay! We had met before that by doing acapella groups in our college. What? I was in charge of the female acapella group at Indiana University. He was in charge of the male acapella group at Butler. We became friends. We became loves. Yeah. And we walked through this life together. And now, you know, artist and administrator, I feel like that's part of the reason that I will never stop fighting for artists mm-hmm. is because all of my best friends and the love of my life is an opera singer. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that y'all are taken care of and seen and valued. Yes, I love that so much. So Carrie Ann, I feel like one of the things that I talk to a lot of folks, I, you know, also it arts administration and performance. And I think so much of us coming from the performance side of it and being an arts administrator, it's so important that we have that understanding of like kind of the day in, day out of what our artists are going through. Does, do you feel like, I would imagine you feel like that's an asset to what, what you're bringing to this part of your path. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what that background knowledge gives you when you're having that kind of day in and day out, the operations side of of running an opera company. Yeah. What's been so fascinating to me is the amount of curiosity that I've discovered from the community. Mm. I think that we spend a lot of time thinking that we're going to sell opera by putting up a big billboard that says La Traviata. <laughs> Nobody knows what that means, babies. Yes. <laughs> my angels, my loves. Nobody knows what that means, okay? What they understand, though, is this is a story that is similar to, this is an opera that inspired Pretty Woman and Moulin Rouge. What they understand is this is a story of a dope woman who refuses to let anybody own her. Yeah. Right? They Mm -hmm. understand. There is a a curiosity there. There's also an incredible curiosity about what singers do and how we live 
I noticed this when I was singing. Um, I would hear administrators say, it's hard to sell tickets to opera. It's hard to, it is, it's hard. Yeah. Then I would go out into the community when I was on gigs and I would get a haircut or I would get my nails done. And someone would say to me, oh, what are you in town for? And I would say, I'm an opera singer. And they yes. would say, what? <laughs> like they would be so fascinated. Yes. Our lives, right? And if you lean into that curiosity, if when people say to you, you know, I've never seen an opera, but I've seen, I've seen Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. I've seen Miz. That is an opportunity to say, yes, you get it. That yeah. is two steps away from, from opera. That is yeah. so close. Yeah. It is I love connecting those dots for people. And I think that being a singer, um, not growing up in an opera house, in an opera community, seeing my my dad and my mom and my brothers be introduced to this, seeing my community be introduced to it as they supported me, yeah. um, gave me a lot of insight on how to communicate with people and how to relate to people about it. So I think that really benefits me as an administrator, having that artistic um, background and having that, that insight, like I have all this enthusiasm because of the knowledge that I have, but more so I have this enthusiasm because I know that it's absolutely dope. I know yeah. that and I just want to share that with you, like yes. out with me because my friends are dope. Like, <laughs> Amen, honey. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Gary, one of the things that I really love about your quality that you have is also connecting is more specifically what you're saying about connecting is showing up in your community. I always see you, you know, showing up at like chamber of commerce events and also like being at like this, this, here's a luncheon that's all different types of people that are kind of coming together. And I don't want to be too specific about one type of event or the other. That's why I'm being a little vague about it, mm -hmm. but I, I'm wondering if you could talk to me a little bit about, I, I know that you're probably naturally extroverted in, in these ways, but like being able to put on that hat of like, I want to be involved in my community and show up in these places where it's not only groups of musicians or only arts lovers in the first place, but maybe you can tell me a little bit more or tell our listeners about that impulse, that desire you have to seek out opportunities, to show up in multiple spaces, to have those kinds of conversations where you tell people about your dope friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been an evolution. Um, like I said, when I first switched in, it was really, it was all artists. And mm -hmm. that's still my homies, 90%. Yeah. Like that yeah. is my heart is artist advocacy. And I will mess up I will, I, I want to say that just because I wasn't a singer does not mean that I um, am not messing up for singers. I mean, I, I'm doing my <laughs> best, but I'm going to, I'm going to mess up. But the good thing I think is that I hope we're fostering an environment here where feedback is welcome, mm. where singers can say, Hey, you dropped the ball on this one. Hey, you should have told me sooner. And audiences yeah. feel the same way. Like yeah. oh, I didn't understand that. I, I want to just kind of remove that, that mask of uh, elitism that mm -hmm. separates us. Yeah. Um, what I've loved about this community here in Delaware, especially in Wilmington, where I live is, um, Wilmington is 60% black. Yeah. Okay. We are an incredibly diverse community. We have, um, a ton of young, engaged, passionate nonprofit workers. Mm -hmm. um, we have tons of people who are so invested in building this community. Um, and the arts always is a thing that slips people's minds. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in this program right now called Leadership Delaware. Yeah, That has opened a ton of doors for me of meeting people who are in, you know, medicine or banking or corporate and exposing them to this and sharing this with them. I noticed that there was a commercial out that was supposed to attract new people to come and live and work in Delaware. And it said, come to Delaware, these tax bennies, you're going to love them. Right? <laughs> it said like, check out, we got this great hiking trail, these beaches. And if you want art and culture, you hop on that Amtrak train, baby, you're in New York in two hours. I said, hold up <laughs> now. Wait a moment. <laughs> and so truthfully, it's, it's a question of messaging mm -hmm. that 
we internally in small communities downplay the value of the art that we are creating. Mm-hmm. And even the arts lovers in our community think they have to go to bigger cities. Nah, mm-hmm. nah. You're going to get a better experience, a more personal experience, a more intimate experience. You're going to feel more connected to the artists in a small community. Yeah. We just did essentially two sold out productions of La Traviata and the audience, I think they're still cheering. Yeah. They, they were like, this is my house, yes. my town, yeah. let's go. Because we're bringing in world-class singers. Mm-hmm. So it creates this sense of incredible pride mm-hmm. um, in what your town in what your town brings. I want to spread that because hey, we do opera here twice a year. We do main yeah. stage operas. Yeah. Between that, we do pop-up opera and recitals, but also there's ballet in this community. There's mm-hmm. Shakespeare in this community. I want this community rallying behind our local art scene year-round because that develops pride and that attracts people to want to live and work here. You Absolutely. need culture to want to live and work in a community. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Carrie Ann, you're talking about all my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> I have, okay, I have, this is slightly a nuts and bolts question that might be related to a question that I usually ask, which is, what is a skill that you love to teach? And I'm going to let you like take that one and mm-hmm. run with it, but I do have one that I can ask that's like a little segue that might be two of the same thing. So I was wondering if you could talk about being your own hype woman for a second and how do you get to the point, I'm kind of thinking about for those of us who are wanting to be a better arts advocate or show up in our communities a little bit more, what are some of the things that you actually do, like kind of the nuts and bolts of like getting yourself ready to go talk to other people in your community about what you're so excited about? So a lot of my hype, we're going to, we're going to hit now some, some hard feelings. Yeah. Big, deep feelings. A lot of my hype comes from a lot of trauma. (laughs) It comes from a lot of like deep sadness. Mm -hmm. It comes from sadness about um, my mental health crisis through my career comes from sadness about what I've seen my friends go through. Sadness for me, grief and gratitude really go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this not to bring the mood down. I say this with light and love. My sweet, incredible mother passed away in September. It is a guiding light for me. Yeah. Um, My mother would come and see every single thing that I did from when (laughs) I was in high school. And she would support my friends when I would, I mean, it could have been community theater. It could have been at the Met. She was going up. My mom and dad went up to Ruth Bader Ginsburg at the Kennedy Center. And my dad said, I want to thank you so much for coming to see my daughter's play. These are the <laughs> you've ever met in your life. Cutest people you've ever met in your life. But one of the things that my mom would say when I was at my lowest, when I really, when I said, I can't do art anymore. I, I can't, I lost all of my hype. Yeah. My mom said, you don't see how special you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see in all of my friends now. Yeah. When that self-doubt, when that criticism, when we're trying to come escrito, be perfect, yeah. it's fake art. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we're trying to honor ghosts, when we're trying to sing in a way that's going to make um, Puccini proud instead of yeah. singing in a way that's going to connect with your audience today. Yeah. Right. All I want to say is you don't see how special you are, but I do. And I'm going to get out there and I'm going to tell people how special you are. Yes. So for yeah. me, it's just like channeling. It it really doesn't even, it doesn't feel like work to be honest, yeah. which is like so crazy. I will say I sometimes need days off to recharge. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to keep this for the long term because I want to fight for y'all. I want to fight for this art form. I want to fight for our audiences. Yeah. I don't want to burn out. Yeah. Um, but I see how special you are. Yeah. And that's why I can do it. That's amazing. Amazing. So I will ask you, in addition to that, because that was such a beautiful answer. So if there is anything, though, that's like a hard skill that you love to teach Mm -hmm. other people, because I think that that's just one of the ways that we are in the world is that we pass knowledge on to each other and and receive knowledge from each other. So what is a skill that you love to teach other people? Mm. Uh, During the pandemic, my husband and I got really into video editing, yeah, photography, like just other forms of creative expression. Mm-hmm. I think that as singers, we 
strongly undervalue our skills. Mm-hmm. I think the industry te- teaches us that we are young artists. And just that title alone teaches us that we have a lot to learn. And I, I could be a young artist at 30 with a master's degree and speak multiple languages <laughs> and be a young artist. Okay? Right, right. It's nobody's fault. It's the terminology and the connotation of that terminology. But it means that you undervalue me and that in turn, I undervalue me. I'm looking for my, I'm looking to be validated by coaches and conductors and voice teachers instead of looking to collaborate with them. Yep. So uh, the skill that I want to teach people um, is to recognize your power. Yeah. Recognize what you bring. I know that what I bring is hype. Yeah. yeah, I know what I bring now. I know that that's a, and I know that that's a skill and right. I no longer treat it as, oh, this is just a fun quirk because I'm a performer. <laughs> this is a skill that yes. people in their whole lives to have and they do not have. Yes. Y'all are good as, you are good. At <laughs> you are good at marketing. Yeah. You are good at communications. You yeah. are good at so many things that you undervalue because you're not taught to see them as skills. Yeah. There are so many, take a look back at what you do. Take a step back, look at yourself. Like you would look at a friend. Okay. This is a big thing for me is like how we talk to ourselves. Mm, Yes. Realizing that we talk to ourselves like a critic Mm -hmm. of talking to ourselves like a friend Mm -hmm. and that voice of a critic in our head saying, you don't belong here. You're not good enough for this. You're not ready for this. Mm-hmm. imagine that voice talking to your mom your sister your best friend anyone that you care about you would shut that down in a second yeah. why do we let ourselves talk to ourselves this way oh it's so real so I real it out babe yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of skills that I want to teach people I have a lot of um uh you know phrases that I'll repeat to myself kind of affirmations yeah um, do we curse on this podcast? You you were you were absolutely allowed. <laughs> so much. Thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> um, so I I was struggling a lot with feelings of insecurity and that I was not good enough. I was unworthy of the gigs that I got, of the roles that I was singing. I was singing things like Zenta in Flying Dutchman, Leonora in Trovatore, and I was like the legacy that I am walking in. Mm-hmm. I am just a goofy brown girl from Long Island. I do not deserve this. I cannot tell you that this voice in my head, whoever she was, we've killed her. She's yeah. gone. <laughs> I was like, we got to get rid of her. <laughs> but one of the things that I got really into was positive affirmations. I would stand in the mirror. I would look myself dead in the eye and I would say, I'm a bad bitch and no one can fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> yes. And over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And for a while that really helped. And I encourage you to use that. Mm -hmm. But also I realized that it was still me putting up a barrier between myself and no one can mess with me is what I'm saying. But for me to give you art, I can't have a barrier between us. Mm -hmm. So then it switched to, listen, catch this. I'm good enough. I know enough. I am enough. Mm -hmm. Everything that I have done in my life, babes, has brought me to this moment right here where I'm going to give you my art because you know what? I'm good enough. I know enough. And I am enough. I'm prepared. Mm -hmm. I'm here. You're welcome. I'm no longer proving to you that I deserve to have this gig. I'm Mm -hmm. no longer proving to you that my high notes are good enough. I'm here. Let me show you. I'm I'm showing you why I deserve to be here. I don't need to prove it anymore. And that's what I want to really impart to singers. You are good enough. You are smart enough. You are prepared enough. You're ready. Show me what you can do now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love, I, I love that as a mantra so, so much. I love that as an affirmation. I also love the, you're welcome in like two tones of voice, like the, like the, you're welcome. And also you're welcome. You're welcome into this. Like, come on in. Yeah. Join me. (laughs) Great. And I I think like all of that is so great. Just like, hey, but I think it takes us a while to kind of, to recognize, I think that's a lot of self-awareness, Karen, that you were just like, oh, the thing that I needed first was that I'm a bad bitch and you can't fuck with me. (laughs) Like, and then, and then you were also able to say like, I'm ready to be vulnerable now too, right? I'm ready to like welcome people into my artistic vulnerability in a really powerful way. And so I love that, 
that awareness was like with you that whole time that you were able to just kind of say like, this is the thing that I need right now. And I'm going to say it to myself in the mirror. And then also give yourself that chance to like, let it grow with you. Yeah. That's so and I'll beautiful. be honest with you, right now it sounds like I'm a bit of an opera guru. At the time, I was like crying and drinking Pedialyte and eating pineapple, <laughs> going like, I'm a bad bitch and no one can fuck with me. Like it was hard. <laughs> yes. It was hard work. Yeah. What I always say to people is you would not you would not go on stage and try to sing Madame Butterfly for the first time in front of an audience, in front of a bunch of people having not practiced in a practice room, do not go into your first panic attack. Do not go into your first stage fright. Do not go into your first depressive episode of post-show blues. What will my career be? What will my future be without practicing for it? Practice. Yeah. Practice when you're in a safe space. Practice when you're, you know, people around you who love you. Practice when you're in school. How are you going to talk to yourself through those hard moments? Don't wait Mm -hmm. as I did until you're at a, a breaking point to try to develop these skills, develop them now. You deserve yes. it now. Yes. That's so beautiful. Thank you. I think that's, there are so many ways that we have to build our own kind of self-care box and our own coping strategies. And so I think having those, especially before you get to the point that you need them, it's okay. Start thinking about them now. Your, your break in case of emergency <laughs> situation. <laughs> so, <laughs> Carrie, and this question is a little bit in a similar vein, but I like to think of this as kind of turning towards the way that we think about our careers. And one of the things that I talk a lot about with friends and colleagues and clients and stuff are micro actions where we break things down to their smallest component. So my example that I always give for this is a micro action is not write the grant, right? Because there's so many things that go into the whole grant, right? The the micro action is refine the budget, like, you know, that kind of thing. So in your career, and I want you to think about this holistically, though, do you feel like there's a micro action that has helped you feel a sense of momentum in your career? Hey there, divas. Real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love Studio Class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes, and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash And now we're back to the episode. I have so many ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many ideas. It can be overwhelming. It can make me feel like I'm like, whoo, like I'm spiraling. Yeah. It's years of being a singer and saying like, ooh, you know, if they had given me the super titles earlier, I would have timed that joke different. Yeah. Ooh, if, you know, it's just years of, oh, I probably could have connected to this audience differently had I been prepared in this way, had mm-hmm. I thought of this. Ideas will keep popping up. The micro action for me mm-hmm. is the team that I've assembled around myself. Ooh, mm-hmm. talk yes. about I will. Yes. I will yes. <laughs> it is, it is my husband. It is my best friend, Claudia Chapa. Mm-hmm. I will soprano, highly recommend. Silver yes. hair, she's a stunner. Um, it is my boss, Brendan Cook. It is my board. It is my friends in the community who are involved in leadership. I love, before I go to write a plan, I workshop that idea by talking about it with people in this community who I want to buy into that idea. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for opening night of La Traviata, we did a micro gala. Mm-hmm. Pro Gala. What a fantastic question, America. I will <laughs> Normally, when opera companies do galas, they are big, fancy, super expensive, and super elite. Yeah. Okay. That's not who I am. That's mm-hmm. not what we're trying to be about. Yeah. A micro gala is a two-hour pre-performance party with a red carpet runway photo shoot. So you can show me what how you turn up at the opera. Mm-hmm. Yes. Internal look, how you want to be seen. Yes. How you want to show up, right? That's a very different vibe than like wear your most expensive outfit. Right. Who you are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Then we played poker and blackjack and drank free champagne and ate Italian food and had a great hang. Yeah. And all went in and watched La Traviata together. And this idea came from talking to the maestro who told me about opera houses that used to be funded in Italy by having casinos in the front. Yes. Yeah. he gave me that little sprinkle. Yeah. My boss said, galas are played out. Yeah. <laughs> what if we do a, a mini gala? What if we do a micro gala? Mm-hmm. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. One of my board members said, hey, I'm a photographer. What if I do a photo shoot? People like yeah. feeling like they're a paparazzi. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. That is my micro. That is the first thing that I do is I collect. I talk to curious people and I yes and yeah. all of their ideas. Yes. Please give me feedback. Please tell me why my idea is is whack in your mind and tell me how I can make it better. And okay, we're going to create it. We're going to create it. We're going to tweak it. We're going to tweak it. Yeah. And then it's going to explode. I will also at one point have a major freak out and cry and think like, what am I spitting <laughs> off more that I can chew? But because I have l- leaned on all of those people, yeah. I know that I can fall back on that. I know yeah. that I can say, I'm out of my depth. What do I do here? And there are all of these people around me who are invested, who have buy-in already, who totally. care about this in the way that I care about it. Yes. Don't try to do things by yourself. Love that. Carrie Ann, obviously, you know, you have in so many of these, you have like these kind of lifelong and built in connections with people like your husband and, you know, your boss and your board members, like they're, they're there, they're already on the team, right? But if you're talking to someone who doesn't necessarily have that built into their lives yet, you know, what do you, what do you suggest that they look for when they're building their team? Like, what do they look, what do they look for? Mm-hmm. I think that your your idea is to look for expertise mm-hmm. or instinct is to look for expertise. I think that is part of it. Mm-hmm. The bigger part of it is looking for affinity. Mm-hmm. Look for people who are invested. Yeah. Look for people who care. Um, two of my best allies in creating whatever it is that we're creating here at Opera mm-hmm. Delaware have been two of my neighbors. They live two mm-hmm. doors down from me. They're this cutie little couple. They're like 25 years old, an architect, sorry, an engineer. Let me not lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I respect you and I know what you do for a profession. <laughs> here. Uh, and, and my friend Liv, who is a graphic designer for NBC, they are smart. They are capable. Um, they have coin. They have disposable yeah. income. Right. Not going to arts and culture events in this community. They yeah. did not think it was for them. Wow. They helped me a lot in shaping what this should be because they're the people that I want to attract to it. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's not about finding people who know a ton about this. I know a ton about opera. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I know enough about opera. Yeah. I want other people who are smarter than me in other ways. Mm-hmm. I want to sit down with someone who's new who says to me, Carrie Ann, how am I going to understand the story? And I say, oh, it's all good. We have super titles. And then my friend Dom says to me, cool, cool, cool. And people start talking and he goes, yeah, I don't know what super titles are. <laughs> How would you know what super titles are? Right. Maybe let me use a different term. Super titles are translations that you see above the screen. You know how when you watch Netflix and there are subtitles, sub means below, super means above. I got you. Yeah. Let me explain it in different terminology. Yeah. It's the same thing saying, where do the, I went to talk to some students at a college and we were talking about where the text come from comes from. I said, the librettist writes the text. What's a librettist? How would you know that word? Yeah. Great. I'm so happy that I'm here to explain that to you. Yes. And make you feel comfortable. You should yeah. feel encouraged to ask questions. Yeah. You should never feel like when you ask someone a question about opera or ballet or symphony or the arts in any way, that they're going to look down their nose at you and say, oh, you don't know that? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've only seen Phantom of the Opera? Well, that's not, that is not the vibe. That is not the vibe. <laughs> that is not the vibe, America. No. It's all about acceptance and inclusion. Yes, and. Yes, you've seen Phantom of the Opera. Yes, you like Andrea Bocelli. Yes, you like Jackie Ivanko singing Omeo Babino Caro. That is two steps away from what I do, baby. And if you loved her singing it on TV, not knowing the context or the story or the language, imagine how much more you're going to love it. Imagine how much more you're going to love it when there's a whole story and sets and a stage and people who've trained a decade of their life to do this. Imagine how much more you're going to love it. Yes. Yes. Come to the opera. Yes, and baby. Yes, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> Gary, and you remind me of one of the stories that I like to tell about this, the podcast or the blog before 
you know, in the before times when we did blogs, um, yes. like, <laughs> that somebody, somebody was asking me about, well, why do why did you start writing that? And like, and I remember being like, well, you know, I went to grad school and I really liked music and I was really interested in talking about how much I liked music. And then I sat in seminars where they were like, you like that recording? Hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't realize some of these things. And it just changed how I wanted to have those kinds of conversations so that we could have conversations about these topics where people feel like they're welcomed into what we're doing rather than feeling like we have to protect some sort of citadel of like old information. And so true of our audiences. Yeah. That's true of new people. It's true of opera singers. Yeah. When we go into an opera rehearsal the first day, what are you trying to do? You are trying to come escrito, prove that you deserve that gig. Yeah. We're trying to sing in a way that proves to everyone, like I've heard all the right recordings mm -hmm. and I paid for all the right coachings and I deserve to be here. And I'm telling you, na, 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 Batman, that ain't <laughs> it. That ain't it. We come in on the first day. I think this is, listen, I want y'all to sound off. I want you to hit me up, Carrie Ann OMG on social media. And you yeah. tell me, I think this is whack. But I think on the first day, we should be talking through this text in English. Mm -hmm. I think we should be figuring out what the story is that we're telling in English because we all have our translations. I want to know what them super titles are going to say. Yeah. The artist seeing the super titles throughout the staging process, because I don't want you discovering that a joke is going to land on beat two when you've been planning it on beat four. <laughs> I don't want that to happen to you at opening night. That right. sets you up to feel weird. Yes. Yeah. Why and that distance. Set you up for failure in any way. No. <laughs> set you up for success. Yeah. So I think we need to start with a more collaborative, warm you got the gig, you're here. We're now here to make art and challenge each other and try something new and be brave mm -hmm. and screw up. Yeah. We're here to screw up. I want you to try to float something you ain't never floated. And if it cracks, baby, great. Yeah. Try it again. Yeah. We're all here to support you. You got the gig. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many times I went on gigs scared that they were going to replace me halfway through based on nothing. Yeah. No one ever told me that in administration. That's just a fear that we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we're not good enough, even though we're there. Yeah. So how can you create vulnerable art if you're scared that you're going to lose the gig? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It's the, it really, we have to reconsider how we approach artists, how we engage with artists, how we engage with the creative process, mm -hmm. because you're not young artists. You're not pawns you are the art you are the yeah. only reason that opera exists is because of opera singers i'm yeah. gonna say it again the pandemic showed us one thing we don't need sets we don't all this stuff is the icing on the cake it makes the cake mwah, mwah, incredible yeah opera singers y'all are the substance mm -hmm. we are the art mm -hmm. the composers the artists the people who create mm -hmm. okay we are the art and the people that we create for. Those are the only two parts of the puzzle that you need, yeah. artists and the audiences. Mm -hmm. It's a very different approach than if we think I'm trying to sing perfect to impress, I, I don't know, the ghost of Nielsen. They don't care no more. Okay. They're gone. They're gone, guys. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Who are we singing for today? I want to know if your Nana in the audience likes what's going on on the stage. Does she, she understand the story? I want to know yeah. if you're baby cousin is vibing and understanding yeah. why there's a ballet in this opera are we having fun people yes yes <laughs> it's art let's have yeah. fun <laughs> carrie and i'm wondering if and you can kind of take this in either direction maybe it's as as an artist showing up to rehearsal or in our administrative scenarios in our administrative environments mm -hmm. what are some of the ways that you think that we can telegraph that sense of artists first, you are the substance to each other in a way where we can really focus on being supportive of each other rather than making our, our environments feel more and more precarious. Mm -hmm. This is a major question because our time periods together are so short. Mm -hmm. When artists are with companies, it's for such a short period of time. I think it is on us, on the opera company. Um, to, to create that environment mm -hmm. and to create that reputation so you know what you're stepping into. Mm -hmm. So you know when you step into, into this house, 
this company, you know that this is a space where mental health is respected. You know, this is a space where new audiences, where collaboration, where vulnerability, where we build that environment, not because one or two people join a staff, but over years, we built that environment and we build that reputation. And then singers come through here and they experience that and they share that. It's not something that I can just say, this is who we are. We have to prove it with our actions. Mm -hmm. We have to prove it by the way that singers go back out in the community and talk about us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we're like cultivating that now, but I came into this environment because that's what they believed in and they just needed a hype girl. (laughs) That's right. Someone to be like, this is what they're doing. They're out here working. Yes. Uh, and so that's, that's the vibe. That's what I do. That is the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> this is normally the part where I kind of ask about repertoire, but I really think that this is more expansive than that in our conversation, which is, is kind of, what is a project that you're really excited about? Something that's maybe on the horizon for you, where you're wanting to put your energy? Mm. So after we did this micro gala for mm-hmm. Traviata, um, and the turnout that we got and the way that it made people react to Traviata, yeah. the way that made people feel so comfortable, the way that um, I could talk with people and say, you're going to want to clap and cheer and you are right to do that. Mm-hmm. You are right to do that. How many times have we as singers been in the audience, been laughing, been clapping, and had someone in the audience turn and look at us like we were doing? Yeah, right. Disturbing the peace. Not a quiet space. It is a respectful space. Yes. But how do we show our respect, our gratitude, and our appreciation? Mm -hmm. That's the question that we have to be asking now. And I think that we show it with our enthusiastic support of our artists. Mm-hmm. We show it with our with our praise, with our joy, right? All of this is a flip of the mentality of how we're supposed to how we're supposed to behave. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I think the project I'm most excited about is continuing to have these small events like the micro gala mm-hmm. where we can serve a hundred people, new people, people who've been with us for a long time people who've seen one or two operas, but they don't really know if that's their thing, but they know that they love free champagne and a game of poker. Yeah. And I, let me try an opera now. Oh, wow. I love opera. What? Yeah. That exists because we have a ton of fun first. Mm-hmm. And then the level of talent here is burr, 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 off the <laughs> chain. <laughs> off the chain. Absolutely. For, for La Traviata, these singers that we're talking about bringing in for next season, which we haven't announced yet, but ooh, 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 ooh. Mm-hmm. the workshop that we're doing of Fearless right now, yes. this community, we are the 11th oldest opera company in America's first state in Delaware. We are the first state. We should be a hub mm-hmm. for new opera. We should be a hub for what opera can mean to a community. Mm-hmm. We should be on the cutting edge. And I think that's the talent that we attract. And I think that's the relationship we're starting to build with this community. Yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah. So it's, it's a project I'm working on, but it is like a lifestyle project. Yeah. I'm working yes. On. yes. <laughs> well, and then you, you've kind of branched into an area of my like research that's very near and dear to my heart, which is kind of creative placemaking. And I, I'm wondering if I can just nudge you even farther to talk about how you feel like Opera Delaware reinforces a community identity for Wilmington and just gen- and Delaware in general. Yeah, so I think a lot of, there's a lot of amazing intention in the opera industry. We are strapped. Mm-hmm. We are strapped for cash. Mm-hmm. We are strapped for, um, for capital, for energy, for personnel. Mm-hmm. On the administrative side, right? What we need um, is buy-in. Yeah. What we need is enthusiasm. Um, if we, if we expect the old model to carry us forward, we are just going to keep dying by a thousand cuts. It's Mm -hmm. death by a thousand cuts. Um, I think that opera Delaware, you know, we, we do this pop-up opera program, other companies do it. Other companies go out in the community and sing. How do we do it differently? Mm -hmm. How do we take it to the next level? 
we take it to the next level because we have talks. When we do pop-up opera at a high school or an elementary school, we do it differently. Yeah. At an elementary school, we use bubble machines. We're going to have fun. I want you to just feel comfortable in this music. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sopranos can sing that high. You didn't even know. Get that. Yeah. <laughs> when we sing at a high school, I want to take the opportunity to say, hey, this is a opera singer who works at the Met. Tremendous talent who's come to sing for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about anxiety. We're going to talk a little bit about like public speaking and how we as performers get up and perform in front of all of you and have confidence. Let's learn a little bit about that. And then let's hear an aria. There are different ways to engage with people. So it matters to them. So it, so it resonates with them. So it hits their lives. It's not about lecturing. It's about welcoming, Mm -hmm. connecting those dots. Um, So that's, that's the path that we're on with pop-up opera. That's what Opera Delaware was doing long before I got here. Um, but now that has expanded. We have a, an opera for all program where we provide tiered tickets for all nonprofits in yeah. Delaware. Yeah. Anyone who serves this community can get tickets for $10 off, 50% off for free. And if they claim those free tickets, guess what? You just talked to me a little bit about opera. Yeah. You tell me what you're apprehensive about. And I, I, Put all those fears aside. And I say, you know what to wear. You know what to do. You understand the story. Let's get prepared. Let's make sure you're comfortable and let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's it honestly is all that it takes. Mm-hmm. People want to feel, people are curious. And especially at the, after the pandemic, they really want to connect in person. They really want to feel part of the community. Mm-hmm. And we have that opportunity. That is a uniquely opera thing. Yeah. We yeah. happen in person. We happen live. Mm-hmm. We do all together. Yes, absolutely. People are hungry for lean in. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it, Carrie. And I honestly could talk to you all day about these things, and so I will one hundred percent be you know back up in your inbox, being like, "Hi, let's let's chat some more." But <laughs> at this moment in time, I want to be thoughtful about your time and ask you my. One of my favorite questions, which is, I deeply believe in the power of curiosity. I think it's a superpower. And I want to know what you are curious about these days. I'm so curious about the connective tissue between opera and between America. Mm. I think that the arc of music history is long. I don't think opera is something that was written 200 years ago and then it stopped. Mm -hmm. I think opera is alive. And I think that in 500 years, people are going to look at the whole scope of what we've done, what we did, and what we continue to do today. And I'm not just talking about contemporary operas, which are fire. We'll talk about blue. We'll talk about dead man walking. We'll talk about glory denied. We'll talk about fellow travelers. I could talk about contemporary opera all day, but I'm also talking about the things that are opera adjacent. I'm talking about Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking about Lemonade by Beyonce. Yes. Listen, fam. Yes. These are opera adjacent. These are tools that we have to connect. That's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about the early 2000s Beyonce slam a jamma Carmen the Hip Hopper. I'm interested in how many people experienced that when they were 13 and and now they're like, oh, I kind of know the habanero. Okay. Yeah. Uh Okay. I've heard Beyonce do that. What? Like, yes. There is that connective tissue already in our culture. Yeah. America is not, um, we're not a melting pot. We are so many cultures come together and, and we maintain our culture. Mm-hmm. So we have to experience our culture through all these different lenses. It's such an opportunity to connect with people. And yeah. that's what I'm curious about. Oh, I love that. Well, I, I can't wait to follow along. <laughs> And also glad that I am not the only one who saw Carmen the Hip Hopera because it's like, come on, (laughs) formative moments. Yes. It's like, oh, am I an opera singer now? Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Carrie Ann. I am obsessed. I am obsessed with the TikTok. Um, so can you tell us where people can find you on the interwebs where, and if, if it's okay to kind of reach out to you and say that they heard you here and like, you know, how to get, get, get in touch with you or follow along. Yes. So I think um, my favorite 
my favorite thing to do right now is to engage with people and to answer questions. And mm-hmm. I'm loving using TikTok and Instagram as a vehicle for that. Yeah. So I'm Carrie Ann, OMG yes. on Instagram and TikTok. K-E-R-R-I-A-N-N. Yes. OMG. Same on both platforms on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I also use hashtag opera hype girl. If you yes. look at hashtag opera hype girl, I assure you, you're going to find my content. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I like to use those platforms to kind of demystify opera to, to answer these questions that I get from first time opera goers, from longtime opera fans, from all, all different, all different curious people. I like to answer yeah. those questions one-on-one with them and then also answer those questions online. So if you have questions, I would love to make a little 60 second video answering that question. Please reach out to me. Um, Please do follow me and and please do engage because it is, I think, so crucial to me to keep building my, um, I never want to lose my connection to the singers. Yeah. Never want to, I'm further and further moved from this career. I need to know what it's like to be a singer in 2023. Mm -hmm. I stopped being a singer in 2020. Mm-hmm. I need to know what it's like for you. Mm-hmm. I need to know what you're experiencing today so that I can better advocate for you. So keep reaching out to me, keep engaging with me, keep telling me how I can help you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And also if anyone wants to follow along with Opera Delaware, do you want to quickly shout out? Del- <laughs> yes. Okay. So if you're going to follow Opera Delaware, it's Opera D-E on TikTok. Again, usually just my cute face. <laughs> clips of our shows or our rehearsals or backstage. Um, you can follow us on TikTok, you can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and you can visit operade.org to learn more about Opera Delaware's season, what we produce, how we work, um, and how to audition for us. Because we want to hear you. Yay! <laughs> I love it. I love it. Carrie Ann, I am just uh blessed and highly favored that you came on the podcast today. I am just over the moon about this. Like I said, I hope I didn't fangirl too much, but this was really, really great. And I, I feel so personally filled up by your wisdom and your grace. Thank you so much for sharing all of the facets that you are and for being such a wonderful light in our community. I really deeply, deeply appreciate that. So thank you for this moment today and all of the other moments that you share with us as colleagues and friends. So thank you. What a profoundly beautiful thing to say to me <laughs> as a person who loves compliments. Thank you so much. I really love doing this. And I, I, I so appreciate this opportunity. I really had a great time talking with you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this masterclass episode on studio class. Hey, before you go, we have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there at Mezzoinen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends or even strangers, really. So with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>